0: You're very well. Nice to meet you. Nice to finally meet face-to-face. I've seen some of your conversation, I guess, on the Slack channel that we're both in at Tabar. So I'd like to know a bit a bit more about you and your background, Murray.
1: Uh, okay. So I started off as a software developer in the 80s um, and I've been a business analyst, project manager. I first encountered Agile in 2001. I started using Alistair Coburn's um, user stories technique, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't really understand what it was at all until I, I ran my first Agile project, which was in 2004, which I ran for Seek, and we had a, a what it turns out was probably a really advanced Agile project for the time.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and uh, I loved it so much that um, from then on in my career, I've um, tried to do Agile everywhere I could. So I did a, some Agile projects at Telstra in 2000 and I think about 2008, 2009. So you decided
0: um, to pick a really hard company to do it in?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to really fight um, to, uh, to be allowed to do Agile there. But, uh, I mean, it was really, uh, really successful. I'd also done a lot of waterfall type of stuff as well at Telstra and other places. So, yeah, I've been around. I've been at Telstra, Medibank, um, AXA, um, you know, uh, UniSuper, all the big ones, Telstra, so, of course, i mentioned already.
0: Yeah, yeah, so you've got your stripes and you've sort of earned your scars, it sounds like.
1: Yes, I've, I have. <laughs> I have scars. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think we all have scars, don't we?
1: Hey. Um, and then for the last few years, um, last four years nearly, I've been at a company called IE Digital, which is a digital design and development company um, in Melbourne. We have uh, around about 100 staff and we do work for people like um, Toyota, Australia Pacific Touring Group, EPA, Suzanne Group, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. Nice. And um, I joined four years ago to lead an agile transformation here, and, um, which, I, which I think was really successful. And uh, then about a year ago, I started a training brand for us called oh, yeah. Silicon Block. Say it again. It's called, it's called Silicon Block. It's uh-huh. a training brand for us. And we provide IC Agile certified um, training. So uh, I've been designing and running training courses.
0: We are in the process of doing the IC Agile accreditation for our stuff as well because it seems to be, I think, one of the ones you can sort of get behind and believe in without, um, yeah, that's all I say on that, I guess.
1: (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I really like ag- I see agile. They're agnostic yes. about uh, they're, You know, there's the Scrum safe wars, the Scrum Alliance, Scrum org wars, and they stay pretty neutral. And yeah. um, so, and and they just seem much broader and much more flexible. There's a lot more. There is plenty of Scrum in yeah. their courses, but there's also a lot of Kanban, systems thinking, and
0: yes, it's a bit, and it, it seems to evolve quite quickly too. So I've noticed they've got business agility and coaching in there as well now so um now i really wanted to talk to you because there was a good bit of chat going on in the slack channel about the meetup that was on last night and edge told me that the meetup was going to be on but i couldn't go anyway because i was (coughs) traveling can you just tell me a little bit about the the meetup itself the premise i know that renee was was she hosting or co-hosting that one
1: renee works for boston consulting group now I know that.
0: yeah and,
1: and she um organized and hosted the meetup, So there was two partners from Boston Consulting Group who are leading their agile work, as I understand it, plus Renee, mm-hmm. and um, they ran a fishbowl. Yeah, so the agenda was how consultants and agile coaches can work together.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then there was also quite a um, bit of stuff about what do consultants do and so on.
0: And how did it go down?
1: I'd say it was um, quite controversial.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Uh, it's the most uh, controversial meetup I've been to so yeah. far. So I, I think the, the, the thing is that for people like us who've been involved in the agile space for you know a long time, 14, 15 years or whatever it is, um, you know, Agile is very dear to our heart and it's not just about making money, it's also about making people's lives better. Yeah. i personally experienced, you know, my I feel like my working life improved a lot when I started working in an Agile way and I think a lot of other people's have too. And I guess we're all... I would say, from my point of view, i'm I'm really glad that um, Boston Consulting Group and the other big consulting companies are persuading CEOs that business agility is really important and they should do it. Um so hats off to them for for doing that. but um I have to admit that 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 I and probably a lot of other people in the agile community are wondering why, Since it's also new to them, why Mm -hmm. don't they involve us at all?
0: Right, and is it the feeling that they're not involving us, or I mean, they've hired Renee. She's a pretty heavy hitter in the
1: agile. Oh yeah, that's true. They have hired Renee. Um, I don't think the others really have many people who have much experience Mm -hmm. um, in agile. But you'd think they'd hire more than one person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, but do we want to be hired by the Boston Consulting Groups anyway?
1: I don't. I don't know. Um, you know. I, it's, it sounds like a very onerous uh, lifestyle. They have to bill a lot of hours. Renee was saying they expect them to bill fifty-four hours a week minimum, and then there's quite a bit of travelling too. What
0: is this fifty-four hours a week? How do you do that and travel as well?
1: I don't know. It sounds uh, it doesn't sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> so maybe we wouldn't want to work for them directly, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'd all like to help in some way. But I guess what they said was that um, they're they're very much all about strategy and business cases and uh, organisational change. They are not really implementers, and they don't have very many people involved. They could do a transformation at a big organisation with just a handful of, of people or less, you know, going down to just a couple of people over over a year or so.
0: But why? But how can they do that? And, I mean, we know the kind of learning that's required to, I guess, you know, learn some of these techniques and then even get good at them. It takes a lot of practice and help. And how do they do that with just a few people?
1: Well, they just focus on strategy. Um you know, what is the, the strategic direction? And they have these playbooks, mm. these big, thick playbooks based on, you know, INGs, Agile Transformation or other work that they've seen or mm. sometimes done around the world. They can roll that out, is what they say. Uh, but really they're focused on strategy, so it doesn't have to take a lot of people. And then they, sometimes they partner with other companies like PwC or others for or Accenture, I suppose, for yeah. example implementation so they were saying there is room for um agile coaches because they don't really do the implementation so i guess that they
0: would say that's the strategy you go and hire the coaches
1: yeah that's right and they um one of the partners was saying last night i think it was chris he provides coaching and support to a couple of senior managers who are responsible for their current like telstra's current round of agile Mm -hmm. transformation so that they can understand and implement the strategy. So when Um, you say
0: it was controversial, I mean, was there strong words or just tension?
1: I think there was quite a lot of emotion. There was agile coaches from Telstra who came up and basically said they just felt totally ignored by BCG who were doing a transformation there and nobody had tried to contact them or talk to them and, um, you know, it's it's a time of massive change and so they felt, I think they felt you know, disrespected. The the BCG people said, well, they didn't know who they were. So there's apparently quite a lot of agile coaches around and nobody really knows. Yeah. Who they are.
0: I think maybe that just happens in any big org, right? I remember running into Chris Chan once many years ago when he was working at the NAB. I told him a bit about what was going on because I was talking to some recruiters at the NAB and he said, that it was funny how he'd been working in there for months and months, and like he found out more from talking to me than he did from being inside the organization himself. <laughs> so, um, maybe it's just a truism that the org that you know communication flows very poorly inside these big orgs sometimes as well.
1: Yeah, I'd say though that um, I, I, I've suggested you talk to uh, Mike more. Yes,
0: I will do, chase him up. Yeah.
1: He's obviously been around quite a lot and and he was um, really quite negative about, um, you know, consultants in general. There is this, a few people have, have, I wouldn't say I have this view necessarily, I I prefer to take a positive view of it, but there were a few people who were really concerned that the big consulting companies actually don't know what they're talking about and they're coming in and selling Agile because it's the next big way of making some money. Um, Than just leaving wreckage behind so I mean that I guess creates lots of work for people like us to come and then help <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: but also
0: you could say some consulting is sort of is is known by that agile consulting or just any consulting you could say that they come in they create big documents they leave wreckage behind in lots of different areas and it's probably you know maybe they're just really good at selling because they have good salespeople as well and um, they've got the brand behind it and yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I wonder if it's anything special to the Agile topic, that result.
1: Well, maybe there's nothing special about Agile, but we just haven't experienced it before.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was better when it was just a little bit more homespun and we just kind of cruised in like a bunch of coaches and we did good stuff. The people who were being ignored maybe felt like they were competing with um, BCG, but BCG didn't seem to feel that.
1: Uh, the BCG definitely do not feel that they're in competition with us because they have a voice at, with the CEO and the board, and you know we're kind of way below that. I think at most agile coaches. Like yeah. how many agile coaches are talking to to the CEO and the board? It wouldn't be many.
0: No, but I do know some small firms that that <coughs> will only go into jobs when they when they're actually talking to those levels because the jobs just go better. The more that you can talk to decision makers and people who have influence, if you need that influence to help you change stuff, I guess the yeah. the better things will go. And maybe it's just like a lot of us coaches would love to be talking to more senior people if we could at the
1: exact I manner. think so. Yeah. yeah, and you know maybe there's a bit of jealousy there that we're not able to talk to those people um, and BCG are and and some other big consulting companies. um I work directly with our CEO and and his support has been very important in. Transforming the organisation, so it's definitely very valuable.
0: maybe we can learn something from the big from the big boys and girls, but also, like you said back at the start, you know it's 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 brought the topic up at that senior level, which is even in itself it's good you know it all of the work that we do with clients helps because some of the big organizations are are trying to get more agility into the way they work, so it means that that excuse of it won't work here um kind of goes away. Because you can go well, yeah. ANZ are doing it, NAB are doing it, Telstra are doing it. They're probably the hardest places to to change. If they're doing it, then we can all do it.
1: So one of the things that comments that got gets to the heart of this issue is one of the consulting partners said, consultants like them need to get out of the mindset that if you've done something for two months, then you're an expert in it. Because two months in agile is nothing. You you won't even have developed the mindset or anything. Yeah, if consultants at the big end of town think that they can spend two or three months on a project and then they know all about it, that's they have a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. And he, he admitted that, that they need to get out of that mindset, but it was clearly it is still a mindset of the big end of town.
0: Yeah. Did you get the sense from Renee? I mean, I should ask her actually maybe, but cool. um, do you get the sense from her that, that she's listened to within Boston Consulting Group and they're trying to kind of take on that mindset or do you think they're just going about things the way that they've always done things?
1: Well, I think everyone in the Agile community has a lot of um, regard for Renee um, because of her public speaking and writing and the things she's done. I felt that they, the Boston Consulting Group partners would never have come to a meetup like this without her organising it.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: So she organised for them to be there and to talk and to try and build some understanding and some bridges. And she also said that she was approached to join them and she thought very hard about whether she would or wouldn't because of the consulting lifestyle, partly. Mm-hmm. She said she, we can ask her, but I think she said she wondered whether they'd actually l- listen to her, but she said that, you know, she felt that it was actually really important for people in the Agile community to influence big consulting companies by working for them yeah seems reasonable but look i uh, my main concern is that there's a lot of fake agile out there there's a lot of dark scrum there's a lot of tick box agile so for example without naming any names um, i was talking to a quite a large government department a couple of years ago that said they had they were agile because one of the top consulting firms had done a whole lot of agile work with them and so we started talking about how we could work and how we could do things in agile and they just said look we're not interested in discussing that with you because we're fully agile we know all about it right we just want you to respond to our tender so then we got this tender from them to rebuild a website and it was the most waterfall thing i've ever seen in my life it had nine stages with gates everywhere and you know all the usual stuff the business requirements document. Then it goes into the UX phase. Then it goes into this phase and that phase. But you know what? It had the word agile peppered through it. Yeah, and dear me, and it, that that organisation had been convinced that they were agile because a big consulting company told them. Yeah, it's agile. Yeah, just do Scrum during development. Do some do some uh, cycles during your your UX phase. And that's what really concerns me because they just stopped learning. Yeah.
0: Yeah, hard one, isn't it? But imagine if they believe that they are agile now, what must they have been like before?
1: (laughs) I'd say they really hadn't changed at all except they peppered agile throughout things.
0: Yeah, they used the A word. Yeah, it's a bit hard to know what to do in that circumstance because it's a little bit, once you know what is agile, um, you can say that's not agile. But, um, yes, it's a little bit of unconscious incompetence, isn't it?
1: Well, and I was very concerned that a big consulting company was selling that as agile, and and had told them that they were because you know they they were doing stand ups and things now. Mm.
0: Yes, yeah. Look, don't really know the answer to that. I think um, I keep coming down to um, you know every every time you see the kind of vast range of 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 goodness and badness that comes out of our community or comes near our community. My mantra is't don't fight don't fight stupid, create more awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that's a good mantra. and, and I, I try and be really positive as well. So look, I think what we can get out of, out of this is that um, you know they BCG and McKinsey and the others are persuading CEOs that business agility is the way to go. I think that's, that's breaking down barriers that we haven't been able to break down very often you know, Renee's in there fighting the good fight for the adult community, which is great. Good on her. She needs a medal. <laughs> she needs a medal. And they seem to actually want to talk to us now because of her influence, which yeah. is also very positive. So yeah, that's great. I would really hope that we can find ways that we can work positively together.
0: Yeah. And look, um, we're discussing it. You know, there's good chat today on a Slack channel. We're here talking about it. It's all, yeah, good conversation and, and digging into it which is probably a good thing.
1: Yeah.
0: It's right. been so lovely to meet you in person, face-to-face, Connor, and <laughs> to record <laughs> <So> you, <laughs> to record someone who was definitely in the room. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking about this for days, if not weeks, to come. So great to get your voice on the podcast too, Murray. Thanks very much All for right. your time. Thank you. Hello. How are you?
2: Yeah, I'm Busier than I was hoping.
0: Um, I didn't realise you worked at Elaborate.
2: Only been two months.
0: Oh. Yeah, so I chatted to Murray yesterday afternoon about the meetup. <laughs> How did that go? <laughs> really nice, yeah. But I'm interested in your perspective of the meetup on Wednesday that I didn't go to but you all went to.
2: So I know Chris, the BCG partner, and you know i planning on running it down here, so I kind of... I made sure I went and I made sure a lot of other people that I knew went because of the, the focus, the topic area is really, it's a really topical topic area mm-hmm. um, around, you know, there's that real big influx now of big tier consultancies into what was traditionally not a big tier consultant space. And they bring with them their way of working and their way of working and interacting with their client and the way that they provide their services is very different. Um, And I think there's probably just that clash of culture at the moment. I think they're the first, they're not the first consultancy to present at an Agile conference, so we've got to know that, but I think they're the first, but the big ones, to actually open themselves up to questions. I haven't seen that before.
0: Murray said it was was one of the most controversial meetups he'd been to.
2: Well, I guess most meetups are pretty, I don't know, Congenial. everyone goes along, they're friends, you all know each other. Mm. You're talking about a topic area that you're passionate in, and that's why you went to the meetup in the first place. You want to learn about things. So this one was actually set up to be, not set up to be, but I get that topical question is, there's a lot of concern in the industry about the impact. So this was kind of setting up for that. So I could understand why you thought that. I just didn't think it was hostile. Right. I've seen hostile meetings. That's not hostile.
0: He didn't say hostile. He just said controversial. No, No,
2: it wasn't even controversial. It was candid. Mm. I think um, they didn't say, they probably didn't get to a depth and we kind of didn't let them, I think, get to a depth of topic which is really at the heart of, I guess, differences. Mm. Um, It was kind of surface level. Yeah. Uh, Looking at the effect rather than the real deep-rooted causes. I don't think we really got really deep. Mm. But that's okay. I think it was okay.
0: So it's the start of a
2: conversation rather than... Yeah, and and that's their perspective too. It's just the start, I believe.
0: (laughs) Which side of the fence do you sit on?
2: (laughs) One of the reasons I joined Elaborate is because I'm in the middle. So if you look at a continuum, you've got probably Elaborate on the left and your BCG is on the far right. So I kind of think there's a place for both and you can see that There might not be in the future, but there definitely is now. There's a place for people who have a point of view, who have a perspective, who have global experience, which we don't, so you've got to to give credit to that. There are companies that have worked giving strategic advice for the last 1,500 years. You've got to respect that. Um, The other side of that is they're playing into a space where they don't have the capability experience, but I think they're learning really fast, but they're not necessarily learning in the way that we would learn. They're learning in the way of I'm still telling you what to do Mm. and I'm learning by that. I'm learning by teaching. I haven't necessarily learned by doing. But that's all consultants. That's, That's consultancy.
0: Yes, well, you're paid to have an opinion.
2: You're paid to have an opinion and a perspective and a solution. Most executives want the three options to the problem that they've identified that you can help them identify in the first place, that then they can go and pick from one, implement that, and in 24 months, we're changed. Because I don't think beyond that scale. That's Australia.
0: I got the sense from Murray that there were some hurt feelings amongst the agile community last uh, Wednesday night.
2: There were a couple, and I think the guys that were there, and Renee, sorry, Renee and the And Chris are at Telstra. So two of the people that came up to, I guess, present their point of view, and I know one of them, I don't know the other guy, are at Telstra. And at Telstra they're having things done to them. Um, They're having, and it's not just, it's actually not necessarily BCG, there's four consultancies in there all pushing their own agenda and it's getting done to people. And this is where I think where they the large consultancies fall over, are falling over, Mm. but it's not their fault, it's the the client's fault. They don't respect, and I saw this at PwC, they don't respect what's already happened. There's an instant assumption that what has happened is wrong and didn't work, but there's also a commercial reason for that. And the commercial reason is they can't come in and respect the past and leverage it because you can't sell the future. Yeah, right. You've got to sell that this problem hasn't been solved on the one hand, we, you, for change to work and sustain, and you've got to be respectful of what's happening. is a great case study for that. Mm. This is their fourth crack at it. It's the first one at this scale, but it's their fourth crack at it. And how much did they learn along the way? So when I was working at PwC, we actually set the Telstra transformation. So that's part of what I was And part of what we were trying to talk about is we need to go back and look at the things that have, been, that have worked here that we can leverage off.
1: Yeah.
2: But the partner layer can't do that because then they can't sell their service. And that's why people get frustrated, because all of a sudden, new consultancy, three years down the track, pushing something, which, you know, we've tried this before. You're doing the same thing we've already done. Why should I do it like this? And that's, that's that, I think that's that frustration.
0: Yeah. Do you think we need to get better at, at having those conversations as well um, with the people that we're selling to? You can't just go and negate everything that's happened before
2: so i tried that Admittedly, it's only a small batch experiment so that's kind of what we were trying to do with the consultancy i was with it it didn't it did okay as a yeah let's find the things that have happened but then the revenue machine takes over Mm. and the goals of the consultancy take over yes um if you've got a, a you know the partners these partners have 20, $30 20, $30 million targets, $40 million targets. They don't make target, then they're up on probation review. So if I turn around to one of them and go, you know what, we have all this training and learning already. ThoughtWorks did it 10 years ago. Let's grab that, leverage it. We'll save a lot of value. Mm. We'll give money back to the company. Well, no thanks. Yeah. That's my target. It's not going to work sure. until that economy of revenue mm. or the goal of revenue as the uh, number one goal changes and most big consultancies aren't there really to create value they're there to extract it hmm.
1: that's
0: maybe a bit sad but maybe a bit true
2: that's which maybe a bit of both it yeah. probably is a bit of both hmm. um it's, it's they're both right um and that's the model yeah that's how they run their business do you think
0: that clients realize that these agile holy wars are happening inside their companies
2: it's a good question yes I do but i think what well and i think what happens there's no buts and <laughs> then i yes, think what does. happens is it becomes a well it does become a power play to gain control of what your internal competitor is doing this is where you're kind of facing into australian corporate culture at executive level they're all competitors there is no there's little collegiate collaborative environment. It's about competition. That's how they got to that level. Mm. That's what they need to do to get their results. They're all measured and rewarded individually. Yeah, there's company goals as well. But you're a good individual, high performer. You can usually get past the company goal. things get bent. So they've spent their whole careers competing with each other for visibility and status. And money, because that's what comes after that. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. That's capitalism at work so that's okay um but then we have this scenario now where you might have one company which has five different parts of the business trying to run agile in five different ways um, and they all bump into each other because it's one system uh, and then they end up fighting this for one there can only be one
0: yeah
2: control point and that's what I kind of have seen played out about three times now.
0: Yes. And I understand why, even from their perspective, they feel like once they attain that control point, they maybe don't want to share the time in the sun with every every damn independent coach and small consultants. Yeah. So you
2: put it from any, I think someone raised a few of the points. So we've obviously had this slack debate after the meeting. Yeah. And, and there's a couple of BC guys mentioned this as well. Coaches don't get the ear time of an executive. That's it. You know, I think that's changing a little bit as well. I'm kind of starting to see that shift, hmm. but strategic consultancies do, so they get,
0: the, need, they get
2: they get front running it.
0: And we need to things. be better at at having those conversations at the, that level too. I guess that's where this maybe some of the scepticism comes in from the community as well, who would like to believe, um, you know, they're putting the the clients and the pro, and their problems first over. Um, their personal goals. I mean, we all need to feed our families. We all need to take home a wage. So, um, I guess we're all doing it, not just. From That's
2: the right. Interesting clients. because I sit in the middle. Yeah, I've right. worked on both, and even to elaborate, like this this last month, we've had a couple of deadline uh, opportunities where I've worked till midnight, two three days a week, with a couple of the guys, the team, just to get the proposal in to meet some aggressive timelines that were set by a client. And I'm not, I don't have to build a business or earn extra revenue on my salary. Mm. But you just do something you like to do, so you do it. Yeah. But other people don't want to do it. Okay, no problem. Yeah. But then don't complain if someone else does. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can't do <laughs> it both yeah. ways, right? Yeah. If you don't want to put in the extra hours, run your own business, build a practice, build yeah. what you can internally or whatever, don't complain about someone who puts the hours in and does it and gets paid a lot for it. Well. Yeah. That's the rule to do
0: it. Yeah, we're all competitive mammals when it
2: comes down to it, I guess. <laughs> we are all viruses <laughs> <laughs> who are here because we all fought each other at some point in time. Yeah.
0: Hey, Phil, what do you think the future holds? Where, where do you think this conversation's going to go, or will it just be. Oh, yeah.
2: That's interesting, right? So, I. you starting to look around and understand what's happening at a strategic level. I think the big strategic plays are nearly done so your bcgs your mckinsey's they've been into every company with the same model they're now trying to execute on it there's nowhere left for them to go and the revenue targets they have don't let them go down to the next tier because there's not enough money there for them so i actually think i think we might see the next year or so this conversation just dies the only well they're only where they are now because they sold an executive story. Mm. Now, the reality is they're not going to be able to deliver on what they sold. Mm. So they're Maybe not going to be able year, to do it long, again. This is a one-off. Things, yeah, It's a one-off and this is a if you sort of understand a bit of how the consulting model works every 10 or so years, something comes along. So this, this couple of years, it's agile mm-hmm. strategically. So the consultants jump onto it, they upskill it, There's this massive, the whole world jumps on, think Six Sigma. Mm. This whole world jumps onto it and everyone's Six Sigma and now everyone's Agile. And then there's a dip for another 10 years. and They they scale back down again. I think the difference this time is they're getting into execution. So it's not just strategy. They're trying to build execution capability. And the reason for that is their strategy, strategic revenue is down a lot. I think mm-hmm. it's only like 20% on average now of a major consultancy, which is nothing. If you're a strategic consultancy, only 20% of your money comes from strategic consulting, you need to do something else. Yeah. So they're trying to push down the value chain, I think. They haven't got the capability. Mm. So are they going to learn really fast and get really good at it or they're just not going to do it? Mm. So I I think the latter. I think they'll they'll probably start to – we'll probably see it start to pull back and then it'll be probably more your mid tiers again Potentially, mm. could be wrong.
0: Do you, do you think that the big ones will try and um, consume all of the little ones, just like you know, like a Deloitte, Deloitte did, and now they have Deloitte Digital just by buying up a whole lot of small consultancies?
2: Yeah, look, maybe. I think if they're going to, it'll be next year. If it has, doesn't happen by next year, they won't. Because this year and next year really seem to be huge years from a transformation perspective for, to agile models, mm. that will fall, that'll start to slow down a bit. Yeah. It depends on what you think agile is. Mm. They mm. have a different view than what we might. Mm.
0: It's a broad church.
2: It is, and there's many ways to worship. <laughs> Very good.
0: Phil, I'm gonna have to scram. It has been lovely chatting to you. Yeah, um, look forward to hearing the conversation continue and uh, see how it develops.
2: Okay. See you. Thank you. Bye
0: bye. See you, Alex.